The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday, August 26th, and we are here still deep in the summer trying to answer your financial questions. If you have one, it is so easy to get in touch with us. Just go to our website, jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and you can tell us what's going on. We'll try to answer your question. If you want to come on live with us, all you need to do is click that box and Mark does something that is magical. He just miraculously arranges for you to come on the air with us. But for some of you who are shy, uh, it's okay. We're going to do some emails. So let's do some emails today. Uh, this person wants to be called by a different name. I am going to call this person Anne. Anne is 77 years old and retired. And she writes, my will and power of attorney are in order no need for life insurance, no spouse, no kids, no dependents. $1,500 a month extra on average savings. And my personal advisor at Vanguard recommends sticking with a 50-50 allocation. I met with him at the end of last month. Second opinion is welcome. So should new monies be invested more conservatively, which would change my overall allocation? Basically right now, and it's 50 stocks, 50 bonds, $400,000 of non-retirement savings, $90,000 of a Roth IRA, and $20,000 coming due from bonds. Okay, $2,300 a month of income, and expenses are $24,000 a year. Going to need fifteen dollars to replace a car in the next few years. Okay, so, you know, it's so interesting you have all the money you need, actually. You know, your income looks fine. Um, you've got more money coming in than you need. I, I don't think that it makes a ton of sense to start moving your allocation around too much. Are you uncomfortable with it? It doesn't even seem like you are going to be pulling any money out except for your required minimum distributions. Are, are, it really depends on how freaked out you are. If you're feeling okay and the volatility of 2022 hasn't shaken you up too much, 50-50 is fine. 
If you feel like you want to put the new money and tilt that more towards bonds, that's okay with me too, because you've got plenty of money and you're able to manage your in, your expenses with your income right now. So this is all gravy. So I want you to be comfortable. Enjoy your gravy. Put that gravy in a boat and dive in. Okay, this is for, from Hart, who sold the house, paid off the mortgage. And he said, we purchased uh, 11 acres in the country and we are using the cash from the sale of the house to build there. They're using solar panels and using all the money from the sale of the house for the new project. Okay, Hart goes on. I still work full time. I want to invest, but I fear what's going on and I fear another collapse. Um, my husband feels like we should take all the money out of the bank and leave it in what we need to operate and pay our monthly life insurance and other insurance. I know we don't know what the future holds, but I would like to know your thoughts on whether we should leave our money in the banks or what. What are you worried about? Banks aren't going away. I mean, we don't have any sort of any inkling of anything near like that financial uh, calamity that we saw in 2008. So I don't think so. It sounds to me like you're just really freaking out about what's going on. I'd kind of want to know, you know, what is the income? What are your expenses? How is your money invested? I don't think you should take all of your money out of the bank. If you're really fearful about the failure of banks, just make sure that you open up different accounts in different institutions and keep it under $250,000 each. Other than that, it sounds like you're freaking yourself out. So deep breath. <sighs> okay, then you'll be all right. Jim wants to know, should I pay off my car loan? He is building a house and he said it should be built by the end of the year. And he says, I still owe 12 grand on my car. I've got $80,000 of cash in the bank. Well, I mean, what's the interest rate on the car loan? If you can pay that off and it's and it leaves you with uh, still six to 12 months of living expenses in the bank, that's great. Um, But if it's like a 0% loan, I wouldn't necessarily pay it off. So if it's more than whatever you're earning in the bank and and paying it off does not make you feel like you're dipping below your emergency reserve level that is adequate for you, then sure, pay it off. All right, Gary wants to know about inflation. Gary writes, can you do a piece on how you factor in inflation when putting together recommendations? One of your standard questions is whether someone has a pension. And my understanding is most private pensions and many public pensions don't have a cost of living adjustment. Even with modest inflation of three and a half percent, the value of a pension can drop nearly 30 percent in 10 years. With a long retirement, that would seem to be a big gap to fill. Similarly, when someone provides you with their living expenses, this amount is going to climb year after year due to inflation. How is this included in investing and drawdown plans? Thanks, Gary. You know what? I'm doing ballpark for many of these people. You're right. Um, There's no, I, I try to sort of round the numbers to be more conservative, to perhaps give you an idea about inflation in the same way that we try to make sure that you know that when you have a million dollars in a retirement account and the money hasn't yet been taxed, it's not really a million dollars. So we try to kind of give you a ballpark. Uh, If you want an exact science, when we talk about what what is uh, retirement projections, you should definitely go to a financial planner or use a calculator where you can plug in an inflation rate. I agree with you. I'll do better job on that, making sure that I talk more about pensions and whether they have cost of living adjustments. 
Okay, Sarah writes, I heard your recommendation recently about building up savings. My husband and I have been really good at saving, but sock it away in a traditional savings account. Our college-age son points out that by keeping it there, we are actually losing money because of inflation. Where do you recommend people build their savings so that it's safe, but perhaps growing a little bit more than it might in a savings account? Well, the problem is that if you really want liquidity and access to an emergency reserve, it is probably not going to be financially keeping pace with inflation. That's kind of the bum deal about being a saver in this day and age, but I think it's still worth it. Even if this portion of money isn't keeping pace with inflation, you have to know that most every other type of investment from a intermediate bond into some mixture of a diversified portfolio, it has risk and we can't afford to have your emergency reserve risky. The one thing you can do with savings is that you can kind of shop around and look for higher yielding savings accounts. Uh, You can buy some I-bonds for some safe money, but again, you really have to kind of leave that money alone for one to five years. Um, But go to depositaccounts.com and that's where you will be able to find some at least uh, better, somewhat better rates than you might find in your brick and mortar uh, savings account or financial institution. Okay, Judy writes, my husband and I are retired ages 72 and 73. We are able to live off of monthly social security and several pensions. Hmm, that's nice. We're invested with a company. We've got a good amount of holdings. I have for the past few years shifted to a very conservative plan for minimal risk. We still invest $1,300 monthly from our income into the investments we hold with this company. Isn't that amazing? That you could be 72 and 73 and saving $1,300 a month. It's it's really, it's mind boggling. It's great. Okay. What do you advise retired people to do amid uh, a volatile climate and with the R word looming and rearing its ugly head? Should we stand pat? Should we pull out our investment or what? I enjoy your TV segments on CBS mornings. I never hear your advice for retired folks with modest holdings in the market. Thanks for your attention. Well, this is a great question. So, Judy, here's what I think. You know, it's, it is possible to say at age 72 and 73 with a chunk of money invested that, you know, we don't need this money, so we don't need so much risk. Now, it doesn't mean you should pull out everything. It could be that as you invest this new money that you use a slightly less aggressive Stance. I don't know what you have right now, but if you have a conservative plan with minimal risk, maybe 20% in stocks and 80% in different kinds of bonds, I would stick with that. I think that for most people, whether you're retired or not, it's a question of when you need your money. And for you, if you can live off your monthly social security and that pension income, and you're really net saving based on that, The two ways to look at it is you're investing for the next generation or "Eh, I'm investing, but I don't really want to take that much risk. I don't think I would make a big change to the portfolio. I really don't. I think that I would probably stick with what I have, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what some of the details are. So you can let us know at your convenience. Just follow up with us. And for anyone who has a question like that, anyone who's looking at you know, feeling like, gosh, why am I taking risk in the first place? 
I sure wish that we had asked these questions when stocks were making new highs in the fall and of 2021 for the tech stocks and in January of 2022 for the broader markets. But heck, let's ask that question now. So my point to everyone is risk is not something that you should want. Like, oh, I want to take risk. It should be, I'm taking risk for some specific reason. And if you don't have a good reason to take risk, then don't. And if it's really freaking you out and keeping you up at night, then we have other issues to discuss. Whatever camp you find yourself in, I sure would be delighted to chat with you more about it. So get in touch with us. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and there you will get a form. Complete the form. And if you want to come on the air live with us, just check that box. Okay, Mark will do everything else. Well, it is Friday and we do our business on Friday. Our music here is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13. Try to do something nice for someone else today. It's going to make that person feel better. I promise you that. And I know it will make you feel better as well. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.